What is good, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the program. Dan Cable Presents Podcast. I am uh, stoked to bring you yet another episode of the program and been feeling a lot of love for the program lately. We're we're just a couple weeks away from episode 50 dropping. It's getting to be a lot of fun. I'm just stoked to keep doing this thing. Uh, And thank you so much for all, all you supporters out there. I really appreciate all the kind words about uh, what I am doing or what I am trying to do here with the uh, podcast. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast in a free way, and in a very easy way to do so is to uh, go to the iTunes and write a review for the podcast. Give us five stars if you feel that we are deserving of that. And uh, hook it up with a nice uh, few words. Say, hey, this is dope. I listen to this and uh, really think more people should know about it. Appreciate that. Uh, sharing an episode of the podcast that you really like or a video from the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. Just please subscribe to to uh, the podcast across the board on the YouTube, the iTunes, the Podomatic where I host the site. Uh, check out the DanCablePresents.com official websites where you can buy a sweet baseball tee. All that uh, cash money goes straight back into the program for the studio sessions and whatnots, and uh, much appreciated. Uh, Before we get into the episode, just uh, a few shout-outs to what's going on uh, in upcoming weeks. This weekend, this Friday, kicks off Mogo Fest. I had Jason Fellman on episode 45, and uh, yeah, that's that's all weekend, Friday and Saturday, 12 different venues. Uh, if you go to mogofest.com, you can find out who's playing, but it's a Portland, Oregon, all original, all local music festival. It is going to be really dope. Looking forward to all kinds of shows. You know you know where you can find me on Friday night. That's at the Doug Fur, seeing adverse effects. And then, on, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to run around a little bit. We'll see, we'll see how far I get around. Um, yeah, so check out the lineup. Also, check out... Uh, the uh, Mogo Fest playlist that debuted through Vortex Magazine. I have been uh, I've been given the opportunity to uh, produce some things or or share some things through uh, via the Vortex Magazine platform. Uh, so shout out to Vortex Magazine and uh, Chris Young. Check out Vortex. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite publications in Portland. Just couldn't be more stoked to uh, be putting some stuff out through there. We've been premiering some videos like the Matt Randall, uh, What Makes You Free video, as well as the Balto Shots in the Dark video from our studio sessions and podcasts. So check those out. Check out the MoGo playlists on the YouTube channel. And uh, hey, shout out to Balto for their dope record release last week, as well as Astro Tan. Both those records came out on the same day. 
And uh, Astro Tan had a really rad release show the other night at the Doug Fur with uh, Taylor Kingman. Man, that dude blew my mind. Check out Taylor Kingman from the uh, Hill Dogs. I think he also hosts a open mic on Sundays at the Laurel Thirst Pub, where this uh, this episode of the podcast that you're about to hear was recorded. Um, yeah, Taylor Kingman played this uh, solo set, and it really blew me away. I'm really uh, looking forward to getting in contact with him about coming on the program. And also, of course, Tango Alpha Tango just crushed it. They closed out the night, and uh, I'm actually listening to their uh, their vinyl right now. So uh, check out Tango. If you, if you don't know about Tango Alpha Tango, get in the know about that because they are a super fun rock and roll band, and they just put on a wonderful show. And um, yeah, my guest on this episode, episode 48, is Ashley X Tina. She's a singer-songwriter and is also involved in some some PR stuff in, in the music community, as well as putting together the WCW Showcase, the Women Cru- Woman Crush Wednesday. Uh, goes down at the Jade Lounge here in Portland, Oregon once once a month, and we talk a little bit more in depth about that and how it's becoming more of a national showcase but the next one of those i believe is march 22nd so uh yeah we talk about it in the, in the episode uh we also drop uh, a couple tracks in there one of uh, ashley's singles one of her most recent singles frozen in time as well as a uh, courtney no jam which uh we we talk about that as well ashley is uh writes with Courtney No, who's also a fellow Portland pop artist. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of things I'm forgetting to say right now. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and, and sticking with the program. If this is your first time checking it out, please go back, check out previous episodes. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple of that that are some non in, non-studio uh, episodes coming up until we hit number 50. So looking forward to uh, some of these conversations outside of Mountaineer Studios. This one, like I said, was recorded at Laurel Thirst Pub. <laughs> and um, there was a band playing, but these uh, microphones do a great job of isolating just the, uh, the talking. These sure SM58s. <coughs> Did you hear that, sure? Good Lord. Got a cough now. Hmm. We should probably get into the episode. This is uh, episode 48. Ashley X Tina. <coughs> My throat is destroying me. Uh, this is the program. All right. What is good? We are here at the uh, Laurel Thirst Pub here in Northeast Portland, hanging out with my guest today, Ashley X Tina. What is going on? Welcome to the program. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Uh, Strangely enough, you have not been to this place, which is a... uh, It's embarrassing. uh, A neighborhood bar here that hosts music nearly every night. There's a sound check going on right now. Right now, as we speak. (laughs) Yeah, I... Yes, I'm embarrassed. I work literally down the block and have been for almost a year now. And I've lived... 
five minutes away for over a year now, so it's pretty sad. <laughs> I've been here a few times. It's it's one of the definitely one of the cool neighborhood bars that that has tunes pretty often, and have had the opportunity to play a show here. And yeah, it's a cool spot. It's yeah, it definitely is. Well, super fun bar, but. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about all the, the fun stuff that you got going on right now. I know you're a musician and, and singer-songwriter yourself, and then you got some other, other things that you're involved in. But I uh, definitely would like to kind of lay down some foundation for all those things with you know finding out where you come from and, and your musical background before we, we get into the current things that you got going on. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do um, it. I know that you you come from New York, right? I do, New York City. I'm right a Queens on. girl. Queens. Astoria, Queens. I have never been to New York. Don't. Don't. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. Soul. I'm just kidding. Do go, but don't live there. I mean, it's really like I I don't really miss it. My family is there. I have friends there still, but living there is just like a whole another universe almost like what we pay for a one bedroom 800 square foot apartment here like we can't even get like a closet sized room in new york for and that's still in queens like where we grew up and that's kind of what pushed me out like it's just like okay well if i live in new york i will be living with my parents forever and <laughs> i wasn't really trying to do that <laughs> so no offense mom and dad <laughs> just <laughs> not not doing it <laughs> so born and raised in new york then yep and uh how did uh how did you get involved in playing music oh um a lot of ways but i think um so my mom's side of the family is uh mexican and so every summer i would grow up going to mexico and I have a lot of musically talented uh, family members on that side, and a few of them uh, started taking piano lessons, and it was kind of like a monkey see, monkey do thing. Oh, my cousin's doing that, I wanna do that too. And then she like kind of started teaching me, and other people started teaching me, and then I ended up taking piano lessons first. Um, I did that when I was like, maybe like 10. I did that for a year, I got bored. And then one random day when I was 12, I found my dad's old Fender pre-CBS bass. Like 1964, sunburst, like beautiful. And I was just like, Dad, what's that? <laughs> I didn't know what a bass was. Why would I? And he was just like, oh, that's my bass. I used to play that in a band. Never before did I know this information about my dad. And in that instant, my dad became so so cool. <laughs> I was just like, what? You were in a band? This is awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, like since that day I picked up the bass and I tried to like teach myself. I took some lessons. Um, that year I joined like the middle school band. It was like, what, seventh or eighth grade. Um, my middle school band had a yellow electric bass. It was so shitty, but it was mine. It was, <laughs> it was mine. And I just... I hated it at first because it was yellow and I was like a super emo kid, like never smiled in pictures, <laughs> only wore black for like all of middle school. Um, but I loved it. And when I graduated middle school, my band teacher had me sign the bass and it was like my my legacy in middle school. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then it's kind of like all goes on from there. I went to LaGuardia Arts High School, the 
fame school in New York. Okay. Um, and I played bass there. And then I graduated and I took some years off of music. Um, I started dancing, actually. And then, you know, halfway through college, I started writing songs, like, seriously. And I was in a duo, and then I was in a band, and then I did solo, and then I tried a band again, and it just kind of went back and forth. And, and I was just like, I guess I'm a musician. I guess <laughs> this is what I have to do. And I, I like writing songs, and I, I like performing, and that's it. <laughs> so in like middle school and high school, were you, uh, were you writing songs as well, or were you just kind of playing bass? So I was just playing bass. I wasn't even singing at that point. Okay. I was too nervous. I was way too nervous. But you know, once you go to an art school, like the one that I went to, like three hours of music every day, and that's for four years, like you kind of have to break out of your shell. Like yeah. you literally have no choice because teachers will call you, call on you and be like, hey, so sing me back this. And you literally have to sing them back like a piece of music that you're sight singing. Oh God, so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, little like 14 year old me was just like, what, how, I, I don't sing. And then my junior year of high school, I wrote my first song. Um, ironically enough, I wrote it about my high school boyfriend that I was on and off with, and we're engaged now, so. Oh, crazy. <laughs> yes, but that's a whole story for another time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that was kind of my, my first song, and then I kind of took a break a little bit after that first one, because I didn't really know what I was doing, and then they kind of just, like, poured out of me after I turned, like, 21, it was just... Legal to drink? Okay, I'm gonna start writing songs now. <laughs> and were you uh, composing like music as well as lyrics at that point or? Everything. Okay. Oh, everything, everything. Yeah, just kind of like, I'm not, I'll tell you, I'm not an amazing piano player. I'm definitely not. I definitely get by with just like, like simple chords and that's how I write my music, which is why I try doing the band thing. And you know, if I can write some songs on bass too, like that works for me also. Um, I tr I've tried to do music production. I don't have the patience for it. I'm really still trying to learn. For just sure. Because I would love to, but I just. Well, I you seem you I'm seem not to, up. you seem to get by with what what you are uh, able to do. Because I think the only time I've actually seen you play music was at the Corkscrew one night, and I think you were actually playing maybe a show with Jen Deal from yes. Santee Am. Who's a super homie of mine. So oh, I shout love out her. to Jen. Shout She's out listening. to Jen. She's sweet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you I thought you had a cool style and it was uh, you know, just getting to hear you just with the piano, it's kinda cool to to hear the the roots yeah. of the songs. So Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, I definitely took some time to kinda like dive into like what you've recorded over the last few years and I know you got that uh, the first EP, the Stability EP, was yes. that your first solo release? Yes, Stability was my first solo release. Um, I recorded that with my producer friend in New York. Uh, shout out to Kevin. Uh, he went to Berkeley and he was, I think he was just getting out of Berkeley or still at Berkeley. No, he was just getting out. And he was just trying to like build up his portfolio and he was just like, oh, well, you're writing music. I'm trying to produce, so let's kind of do this and see how it works yeah and that's what came out of it and you know i look back on it and i feel like 
I love the songs on there, but because I was so excited to put it out into the world, we really rushed the project. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that everyone thinks about their first EP. I, I've talked to people about it. I think it is. I think that um, from someone that's put music <laughs> out in the past, maybe not even just specific to the EP, but like those first releases are always something you're going to look back on and say like, oh, those were some cool songs, but like I'm not, I don't know, sometimes it can make me uh, <laughs> yeah, cringe a little I bit. Just, I just feel like they're definitely good. I like them. And they actually did a good, they did get a good amount of press, which I think is really funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm proud of it because at that time it was very important for me to put that project out for myself. No, and I, I didn't really do it for anybody else at that point. Like the fact that I got press, I was just like, oh, this is just a nice little bonus. Yeah. You know, I feel like now, like I'm putting out music and I'm just like, okay, if I don't get press, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say it was uh, undeserving. Like, it's a it's a beautiful collection of songs, and it definitely uh, there's some really awesome string arrangements. Yes. That are in there, and and some big production moments, but mm -hmm. I feel like also you can hear like it's singer songwriter kind of roots and those those piano based melodies and yeah. stuff. Did you write most of those songs on the piano then? Yeah, I okay. did. I wrote all of them on the piano. Um, yeah, I did. And I, I'm pretty sure I went into the studio, like, not really knowing what I was doing at all. I actually, when it was time for me to record vocals, I was so nervous. Poor Kev. I really put him through, like, so much shit. That's probably why he doesn't want to work with me anymore. <laughs> I, I made him, like, turn off all the lights in the vocal booth and light candles. And I always yeah. had to sing in the dark because I just couldn't do it otherwise. There's got to be a vibe. It's all about capturing the vibe, especially like when you're going into the studio because sometimes it's not like the most live experience. So I think I think some people got to do whatever they got to do to like make themselves feel comfortable and getting in that zone. Yeah, I definitely yeah, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable now. Like I can I can whip out vocals pretty quickly. Right on. Not like trying to like gloat or anything, but, but I feel way more comfortable now. Yeah, definitely. I, I think those uh, first studio um, experiences can be really shocking if you have no idea what you're in store for. Um, and especially if you're not uh, super confident in your uh, instrumentation or like your vocal abilities. And yeah. You can get that, really self-conscious. too. I was like, I was just, I still don't really consider myself like a singer I like to sing. People tell me that I'm good at it, but I wouldn't go around me like, oh, hey, I'm a singer. <laughs> Let me sing for you. <laughs> but especially like during stability, I was really just starting to like put my voice out there for people to hear like live and in the studio. And it's just an overwhelming project. Yeah. To say I, the least. Uh, I would say my favorite track on there was the Angel track. It's a very That's, sweet song. That makes me really happy. Um, yeah, you, so I actually, I didn't play piano on that. Okay. Um, Kev's friend from Berkeley did, and I'm so glad he did because he did it so beautifully. Like, when I, I mean, he took, like, the basis of what I was playing, but he's actually a pianist, so he just, like, knocked it out of the park. Um, 
but yeah, I I love that song, and that song actually really means a lot to me. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I wrote it about my older brother that passed away right after he was born, and it's actually his birthday on Friday, oh. March third. Crazy. <laughs> so I'm really happy that you said that. That actually right makes on. me feel that made my day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a great song, and it's got those uh, those cool like. That part really brings yeah. it home. It's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then after that, you uh, you released that streetcar jam. Yes, like a year car. ago. Oh, I was so angry when I wrote that song. Yeah, <laughs> I was so angry. It definitely has a much different vibe. Like yeah. it's it's very uh, in the realm of like rock and roll or like even even indie rock at, at some so, points of it. So yeah, honestly, that's the kind of music I want to be playing. I mean, I love so my dad was in a punk rock band and so when I picked up his bass, I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to be a punk rocker just like my dad." <laughs> um, but then I ended up having like this super sultry, soulful voice and I was just like, "Oh, well, I guess I can sing singer-songwriter too." <laughs> but I did. I was in a uh, an all-girl rock band for a little bit, and we were we were awesome. What was that called? Uh, Queen of Wands. And how, how long did you do that? It seemed like longer, but I think it was only like six months, but we were playing gigs like a lot, you know, even though we were just starting out together, yeah. and then it kind of fell through because my guitarist just wanted to do a solo project. And my drummer wanted to do her solo project. And I was just like, oh, well, we can, we can do both, you guys. But they weren't really having it. So. And now you're all just doing solo projects. And now projects. we're all just doing solo projects. <laughs> so I do. I miss them, though. I miss them. And my guitarist, like, she's this uh, Mexican girl, Maleni, she plays, like, I'll send you some tunes that we did together. Like, she plays, like, Santana. Like, no joke. Oh, she's that's like, wild. She's insane. She's insane. Shout That's out to Millenni. Like, <laughs> for real. She's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I dug that jam as well. It just seemed like quite the quite the contrast from, like, the Stability EP. And then especially to, uh, like, your new Frozen single, which you've been working with Matt Greco. Wait till you hear the other one we're putting out next week. I, I heard a, a very small Instagram clip <laughs> Instagram today post that Matt of the, today? from the Rye Room. Shout out to Matt Greco from the, yes. the Rye Room recording studio. Great dude. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, talk, talk to me a little bit about uh, your, your working with, with Matt because it seems like that has even, you know, transformed the sound. From that, from that first, si from the Frozen single, at least. So yeah, when I so I met Matt through um, Jen and Emily Joy. I don't know if you know Emily. Emily is uh, also yes. an unreal singer. Uh, yes, she's her and Jen. Like honestly, I look up to them. They're like my role models in Portland. Like <laughs> they That's were the rad. they were the first two singers that I met um, when I moved here. I went to open mic at Corkscrew. Yeah, that and was I met rest them in peace, Corkscrew open mic. Oh, God, we it was you. so great. It was so great. But it was really like Corkscrew open mic was like a blessing for me because I moved to Portland and I didn't know anything about the scene here. And I just went and Jen kind of just like took me in as like her little baby bird. Like just <laughs> like who was like learning how to fly. Like 
she was just kind of like, okay, you're great. Like, you're always welcome here. And then, you know, me, her, and Emily became friends. And then I think we even did a song. Did we do a song together that night that you were at Corkscrew and you saw us? Because um, that has definitely happened. I'm just not I sure don't if that know. was that night. I'm not sure. But, yes. Anyway, um, yeah. So I met Matt through them. Yeah. And... I went into the studio knowing that I wanted to do something different. Okay. Like, I knew that I didn't want to walk in there and be like, okay, this is my singer-songwriter stuff. Like, I wanted to do something completely different. And he was just like, okay, what do you have in mind? I was like, oh, I was thinking more like top 40 pop stuff. And Matt got so excited. He was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I've been wanting to do more pop stuff. Like, this is great. This is awesome. And so I, in my attempts to learn music production, I got magics on my computer, which is awful, but it was the only thing that I could find. And I kind of like laid down like an outline of a track that I wanted and um, wrote a tune to it, which was, which ended up being frozen in time. And I sent it to him and I was just like, hey, what do you think about this? And he was just like, this has potential, let's work on it. And then frozen in time was born and I'll tell you, working with Matt was like a completely different world than the the last time I was in the studio. Yeah. And I think it's because, (laughs) Matt, please don't take this the wrong way, but it's because we weren't friends when we started working together. Yeah. And I feel like he really pushed me to do things like vocally and melodically that I wouldn't have seen or been open to do like on my own. And that was something that when I was in the studio recording Stability, like, Kev would totally be like, oh, hey, I think you should do this, or we should try these harmonies. And I would just be like, eh, I don't feel like it. I got lazy with it. I was scared of doing it. And because Kev was my friend, he was just like, oh, don't worry about it. Right. Like, it's okay. He definitely bugged me about it. It wasn't that easy to, like shoo him away from it but like Matt was just kind of like alright we're gonna sit here until you fucking do it (laughs) and I love him for that I gotta tell you like he I definitely see myself much better like not only in the studio but when I'm writing music now I think more openly about how to do things with my voice like you'll hear especially in like the new song that we're releasing Gone next week like we go into my higher register so much that I was like shocked with myself (laughs) but it's really good it's awesome do you feel like he just really understands what you're trying to accomplish I think he understands me and I think he sees potential in me as a singer more than I see in myself or more than I saw in myself before I started working with him you need that sometimes I mean what what else could you ask for in a producer right like (laughs) <laughs> really? These people are just crushing it in the other room I right now while we're having they a conversation. Are. I'm like kind of getting distracted. It's like, <laughs> oh, I kind of want to listen to them. But I should probably keep talking. Uh, who are they? We should find out who they are. Yeah. Do you do you feel like um, like maybe his visions for some of your songs are are way bigger than you even imagine? Yes. I think like I when I think of like writing tunes and then putting them in the studio. I'm just like, oh, okay, I wrote it. Like, this is how it's going to sound. Maybe add some strings in there because that's my go-to. Like, oh, <laughs> the strings just, are just the go-to. Just I'm about add that. Just some strings. <laughs> um, 
I also usually always write everything in a minor key. It's a, a running joke between Matt and I. <laughs> it happens. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but um, but I think the difference between Matt and I, he always thinks big. And not just big. Like, he thinks, like, ginormous. <laughs> yeah, he just seems to have so many different ideas for production on songs, and it's unreal. Yeah. Like, I think that's... Uh, I'm not going to say that, like, I'm super well-versed in, like, current pop music, but I feel like when I do listen to it, I'm, I'm like, really focusing in on the production. And I don't know, Matt, Matt just seems to understand, yeah. like, the vibe and, and, and mm -hmm. how to properly execute and do it with, like, character and feel. Yep. So. Yeah. Right on. Let's. Uh, this is a great time to cut to that song then. Yeah. Is it is the full name it. Frozen in Time or is it just Frozen? Frozen in Time. All right. So it's Frozen in Time. This is actually X, X Tina. We've been searching for an answer. Spent all these years on the same chapter. Think I'm lost in a little faded. I'm feeling incarcerated. All I know is I'm not waiting. It's been a lot of things changing. What we need now is to end this fight. I'm falling so quickly.
All right. That was uh, Frozen in Time, which you can find on the, uh, is that on the SoundCloud right now? Yes, it is. SoundCloud.com slash Music. Very easy. <laughs> awesome. So, like, aside from being a singer-songwriter yourself, uh, you also write for a fellow Portland artist, Courtney No. I do. Oh, Courtney. I love her so much. How did you get involved <laughs> working with Courtney? Oh, this is a wonderful story. So, we're Craigslist friends. Craigslist? I'm so surprised every time someone brings up Craigslist on this podcast about, like, how they formed a band or something like that. I just I just didn't know it was such, like, a, a resourceful website for these types of things you know i just it was i met her literally like two weeks after i moved to portland and it was one of those crazy like the stars align kind of things because like i said i like performing i don't know if i would ever want to be like a pop star that tours courtney is the whole package. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you looked into whoa, her, but... I was checking out that that uh, that record today, or EP, and yeah, I was just very blown away by the whole thing. It's, she, she is definitely, like, she's got all of that. So, yeah, she sings, and now she's doing a lot more writing, like, on her own. I don't even think she needs me, but... For some reason, she thinks that she still does. So I'm like, cool, I'm Ride with that. it. I'm with it. Um, Roll with that. But, you know, she sings. She writes her own tracks. She helps with production. She makes her own fucking outfits for her shows. And she, when she did her EP release show at the Secret Society, she had backup dancers. That's awesome. She had the Heavy Hustle backing her. Like, she's just an all-in-one performer like she's like i feel like i'm a musician courtney is a performer <laughs> and musician <laughs> like so you you guys connected on craigslist was she just looking for we, people to write music did, with or? yeah so she in her craigslist ad i think i remember something like oh i i've been trying to write an ep for a couple of years i have like fractions of songs but really need someone to help me like flesh them out and also looking for a producer and i like i where I was going with that other part was that I like performing, but I really do like sitting down and writing and getting a song together yeah. way more. And so my dream career would literally be Sia's. <laughs> Sia. Like to write for everyone and their mom and then go and do my own thing. Yeah. And so like knowing that when I moved here, that was kind of my goal. And so I was just searching on Craigslist one day because Craigslist is pretty big in New York too for like if you're switching for bandmates and stuff. I, it's not that like I was wasn't aware that it's like such a you know like a lot of postings going on there. I just didn't know it was that like reliable to like for things to actually pan out. I guess. Well, I don't think it is. I think we just got really lucky <laughs> <laughs> because I was definitely weary about it. You know, like I was reaching out to this stranger. First of all, I was just like, oh god, what if she sucks? <laughs> like, what if she comes over to my house? And she's just a really bad singer, yeah. and she has really bad ideas. So that was definitely a fear of mine. It's like, how do you tell this girl who clearly just wants to be a pop star that she's awful? Yeah. Thank goodness that that was not the case. So we kind of scoped each other out via phone first, like to make each other, like, make ourselves aware that the other one was not crazy. And then I invited her over to my apartment. Well, I was living with my cousin at the time, so I invited her over there one day. 
And the first day, she shows up. She's like, is kind of a diva, but in the best way possible. Cause she just like knows what she wants. And she hands me this notebook filled with like half written songs. So just like, I don't want to say like word vomit cause that sounds bad, but just like a lot of feelings written up yeah. into what were supposed to be like lyrics, but they were more just like run on sentences. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, like, let me look through this and see if there's any ideas. And I sat at my keyboard. I found what looked like was already a song. It just needed some editing. And I came up with a melody. I played it back to her. We wrote that track alone in, like, 15 minutes. The first day that we met. Nice. And I'll never forget that moment because that was the moment that I, it was a huge ego boost for me. Because she was telling me about how she hates everything and everyone. And, <laughs> and, and I played this for her the first day that we met. And she was just like, huh, that's pretty good. And, I, and then, you know, it's kind of all history from there. We wrote four tracks together for that EP. Invisible Crown, her title track, she wrote completely on her own. But you helped with the other four tracks on the album? Yeah. Right on. And the I know we're going to play Can't Say No to, to ride the, the episode out a little bit later. Yes. Um, would you say you have a different mentality like when writing for someone else? Yeah, especially with Courtney. Um, and it's and that makes it all the more fun for me because, you know, you've heard my music. It's not like that. It's not like... It's I, not that like bump and grind song like the second the second jam on that... Uh, so I was, actually just gonna, I was actually just going to bring that up because <laughs> she's releasing her music video to that... Um, in a couple of weeks. Nice. Um, I can show you later. What she is that gave song called? Like that. Yeah. I can show you later. She gave me permission to show you the video. That's rad. <laughs> Check um. out like that. That music video is, is, I don't even need to see it to just say that it's bound <laughs> to be excellent because that song is, is just fucking so dirty and it's funny, rad and I'm, I'm down for it. <laughs> Funny story. I'm like getting a little flush talking about it. So, you know, my music is not like that. And I'd never written anything like that before. And she she had these beats already. And she was just like, she sent it to me. And she was like, I want this to be a sexy song. And I was just like, joder. Like, <laughs> so when I get really perplexed, I start cursing in Spanish. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's um, great. But, I love it. But, um, and I was just like sitting in my room and I was just like, what the hell am I going to do now? And I was like, well, this can go so many ways. Like, do you have, like, an avenue? Like, what kind of sexy? I don't really know. And then I don't know how I got started. I think maybe she sent me some lyrics, like some lyrics. And I was just like, okay. So I started singing it back to her, like, into my phone with the track, like, embarrassed to be singing it. <laughs> Right, and I send it to her, and she writes me back, and she goes, "It's not sexy enough," <laughs> and I'm just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so that song got written at her apartment, and I was pretty intoxicated. I had to be <laughs> to to help By her finish sexy that. sexy enough, it's basically just like a breakdown of how you're gonna fuck somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what the that is how the song goes down. Wait you see the video it's excellent <laughs> that's what i'm saying the video is going to be outstanding it's excellent I don't need to see and it to she know. looks banging in it like guys beware i'm telling you you're going to fall in love with this person 
That's rad. Um, <laughs> is that your first experience, like writing music for someone else? It is. I've I've written with people before, but hearing somebody else sing the things that I've written with like my own hand yeah. on my keyboard is. It's an incredible feeling. The first time I heard Courtney sing alone in my apartment, I cried. Like, I legit cried. And not just because it's a sad song, but because this is literally my dream. Like, I know that Courtney's, like, the full package. She's, and she's going to she, be huge. Yeah, she's She's going to be huge. Got, but even know. if she didn't, for some reason, knock on wood, become huge, I wouldn't care. Because she's singing. She, like, she's... She's making me accomplish my dream just by writing for oh, her. That's, that's super rad because she and definitely so seems to be the real deal as far as like. My goal really is to do more of that this year, and I'm really looking to see how I can do that because it's just, it's a blast for me. I love it. I love getting out of my own head and just being like, okay, what do you want to write about? What are you going through right now? Let me help you. So yeah. It's exciting. That's rad. Yeah. And. Um, and then aside from the music stuff, you're involved in this Muddy Paw PR company. Yes, I am. And what do you what do you do for them? So I will say I'm pretty new, but I'm a junior music publicist. So I studied PR in school. Okay. Um, mainly so I could learn how to do that for my music. I like got smart. And I was like, yeah. oh well, I'm not going to major in music, but I'll major in something to help myself. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe get like a nine to five job one day. Maybe that's probably never going to happen but <laughs> you know i was just giving myself that option and so yeah just like i really noticed that there's so much talent here in portland but the industry is kind of lacking a little bit i don't know maybe i just haven't found it i've only been here a year and a half but i feel like you could always use another publicist that's willing to help local artists absolutely and that's really what I'm trying to do, you know. Muddy Paw, like there's um, Angela, the owner of Muddy Paw. She's based in Boston and Toronto, and she has people working for her all over the country. So I could literally work with any artist from anywhere, but I really want to stay mainly in Portland and like Seattle and maybe Cali, just places that I could get to and show up at artist shows to be like, hey, like, I support you, you know? I'm not just going to, like, help you get press, but I literally love your music. I feel you. That's what the podcast is about for mm -hmm. the most part, you know? It's just, like, showing up to the shows and, like, yeah. not only having the bands on, but always trying to be there for for all the shows that I can make it to. Yeah, and, but like, you know, as an artist, too, like, we, we know what it's like. And, you know, I'm... I think I'm blessed enough to, like, have that music business experience side like I did a lot of internships in the music business in college like at record labels and publishing houses and, yeah. and at music venues to like know I'm not saying I'm a genius and know everything but I know enough to get by and a lot of artists don't and I feel like I I really want to help them get by you know yeah absolutely I mean and I mean uh, just talking with uh my man Jason Fellman, who's uh, putting on the the Mogo Fest here this weekend, which Santi Am is a part of, and like 65 bands, it's all local, all all original music going on here in Portland on March 3rd and 4th. But uh, like some artists just are not 
like good at that part of it of like marketing themselves or like figuring out the, all the social media ins and outs now. So and unfortunately, it's so important. Yeah, yeah, it is important, <laughs> like and that's so why important. it's important to have like more PR and and mm-hmm. and people that are willing to do that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, for someone that might not know what like a PR specialist does, like what what types of things uh, do you do for artists? Um, so I say basic things that you definitely need. I'm not saying like campaign wise, but writing your bio, putting together like your press kit, yeah. you know, explaining to you what a press kit is because some people don't know what that is. And, right. And you know, that is important. Um, I will check your social media and tell you how you're doing. Um, if you should be posting more, if you should be posting less, what you should be posting, you know. Honestly, just my opinions, but I think it's helpful to get somebody on the outside looking in when it comes to that stuff. Um, Aside from that, um, you know, if you're releasing a single, we can do, they're usually um, six to eight week campaigns. Um, Albums go run a little bit longer. Um, That's just reaching out to, we can do local press, national press, even international press we can do for you if you want. Um, music videos. A lot of people like premiering music videos, so yeah. that's a thing too. Right on. And that the press for those singles is seems like the most important thing right now in the industry. Yeah. As like we we kind of shift towards this this world where it's all about the singles and all about trying to get songs on playlists and yep. and things like that. As far as those who are trying to get some sort of visibility, you know, mm-hmm. for myself, like I still really love when somebody puts out like a collection of songs or like an album to like dive into but i do understand that the attention span is is getting a little shorter and like now we're all about singles and i was literally just gonna say that like the millennial attention span is like why do you think instagram is so popular or snapchat or you know any of that stuff it's because you literally only have to pay attention for 15 to 30 seconds right and you're good like that's it and I know even in talking to you like over the last week or so just about like having this conversation it's kind of when I asked you like when you were gonna maybe release an album you're just kind of like that's not even necessarily on the radar it's like all about just trying to release a single every so often you know I I was going to release like a second EP yeah Um, definitely not an album because I really don't think it's like Forgive me if you disagree, but I really don't think it's worth it for someone who is in my tier in their music career to release an album. It's just, if you can afford to do it, (laughs) do it. By all means, do it. But, you know, production is expensive. And, like, I'm not complaining. I'm obviously getting my money's worth, you know, when I pay producers to do things. But, um, But, you know, that's just the reality of recording music. And... So originally I was going to do an EP, but then I really thought about it. I even talked to Matt about it. I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, I can just release a single like every one. Ideally, I'd want to do it like every couple months. But, but even every few months or, or every like, four months. like it Yeah, like every so often just to like stay relevant and stay in people's minds. Yeah. And, you know, like that's really the plan now. And I think that that's really where the industry is headed or if it's you know it's there now yeah i mean i think that's definitely an element of the industry and 
you know, speaking to what you were talking about. Well, with especially like, the kind of music that I'm doing. Yeah, that yeah. Too. With I think that, that, that kind a, of production cost. I think when that you're has to, like, a big, make, big part of it. Make super large pop songs, and you're just looking for one of those songs to, mm-hmm. you know, no pun intended, pop. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. Trying to get up there on that that Beyonce train, you know. And yeah. <laughs> make those big those big songs and like totally understand the the cost and and hours that go into Mm -hmm. that type of production so i think it i think it's still like case by case basis and what your intention is with what you want to do but definitely i am totally um definitely becoming more um more into the single thing and and more understanding of like what the purpose of, of doing that opposed to like releasing records and right i do understand that um not everybody wants to listen to an unknown put out a 10 song album you know like mm-hmm. so sometimes like releasing that four to six song ep can be where it's really at but yeah. like i said case by case basis and it really is whatever and you're feeling i think it really is whatever you're feeling because like i say that i want to do a single thing right now but in a couple of months i might just be like yeah I wrote an album last night, so yeah. let's put out an album, you know? And who's to say that, like, you can't put out singles for the next two years and turn those singles into an EP? Exactly. So. That was kind of the idea I had, too. You know? Right on. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Cool. Well, talk, talk to me about this uh, Woman Crush Wednesday, WCW. Oh, goodness, I'm so show excited that you about got it. going down. I'm so excited. So I started it in September, mainly because I wanted to make friends. <laughs> I wanted to make more lady musician friends, just yeah. so we could co-write, or I could write for them, or you know that that sort of thing. Um, and I did it on and off, um, and then it went pretty well. But people really seemed to love the idea, and so. Uh, Eugene, the owner of Jade Lounge, is super sweet. I don't know if you know him, but he... Yeah, I've played a few shows at Jade Lounge. Like, shout-out to Jade Lounge for, yeah, you know, it's a out. super DIY venue, but it's... Shout-out to Eugene. always he, have free music almost every night of the week and just always looking to participate, so that's dope. Yeah, so I'm really, like, grateful for him um, to give me this opportunity to put this showcase together, be- especially because in the beginning, I didn't know if it was going to take off or work or anything i was kind of like oh well to me it just seems obvious that we would have a night for solely female musicians like to me it just seems like something that should happen yeah and i don't know if it's because you know i moved here and i went looking for that community and after and i found it at corkscrew and then that went away and i was looking for it again and couldn't find it so i was just like i'm just going to create my own community and so once uh, Eugene told me that I could do it in 2017 and just start booking shows every month, um, I was just like, cool. So I started reaching out to all the musicians I knew and all the music groups on Facebook that I'm a part of. Like, hey, do other states have this? Like, do you have any tips for me? And I come to realize that there's not really anything like this in other cities and so people were like oh bring your showcase to new york bring your showcase to nashville bring your showcase to la and i'm just like so that was just a dream and now it's actually happening so the showcase is expanding to new york in the spring and in the summer it's expanding to nashville and how will how will that 
kind of work itself out? So I'm I'm officially making my showcase and I guess like my music brand in LLC and okay. I'm gonna I guess maybe get interns or volunteers that like live in those cities I mean oh, right New on. York and Nashville um, I know people that would want to post and in the other cities I'm sure artists will step up and so be like I want to host it's just a matter of like Getting the right people together so that they can host in those cities. Exactly. Right or on. it doesn't even have to be the same person every time. Yeah. You know, it can just be whoever's playing. If they want to go ahead and host, they can. Right. Um, you know, I can't. Unfortunately, I'm not at that point where I can pay these artists, especially because I want to keep the shows free, at least right, right now, so that everyone can come support. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for partnerships with, like, local blogs or radio stations or TV, whatever that can help me get these artists more exposure. As right an on. artist, I hate that, but you know, if you're playing my showcase, I want you to get something out of it yeah. aside from playing a show. And you know, if someone plays my showcase now, I could, you know, reach out to you or I could reach out to Luke at Sounds of PDX yeah. and be like, hey, so I have this really great artist playing my showcase um, next month. Would you, would you want to take a listen to her music, see if you want to have her on the show? And that's kind of how, how I'm hoping that things pan out and the other cities as well. Um, and we just announced um, the showcase is partnering with the Saturday Market. Yeah, I saw, I saw your post about that. Um, we are doing a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood this summer in July. Um, I am reaching out to artists now about it, but Tight. I'm definitely playing that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> as of now, my next show is July 8th at the Saturday Market. <laughs> nice. Saturday market for all you non-Portlanders is uh, something that goes down every Saturday and Sunday out in, uh, near the Burnside Bridge. It's really cool a farmer's market that goes down pretty much uh, like six months out of the year. So it's really rad. It's really, it's really wonderful. It's actually one of my favorite things about living in Portland. And so the fact that I will get to do this now, um, not only the, the fundraiser, but... I think I have a few slots this summer. I think like the last weekend of every month, the people who play the showcase are going to be able to play at the Saturday market if they want to. Nice. And there's so many people rolling through there. Like that's like thousands. Yeah. And thousands just like, of people. it's kind of the spot. Like if you're going to bring people to town, you're probably going to bring them to Saturday market if they're here on the weekend. So exactly. they're going to get exposure from all kinds of people out yeah, there. So that's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I just, I'm grateful. Like, shout out to Reed. He's the marketing director over at Saturday Market. He's a really sweet, sweet man. He's, um, yeah, he really loves music too and just loves supporting local artists. Like, he's great. He's great. So, when is the next uh, one at the Jade Lounge? Uh, next one at Jade Lounge is March 22nd. March 22nd. Actually, people. just. I just put up the um, event on Facebook today. And who's playing? So we have uh, Kingsley Princeton, who is more of like an R&B. Uh, she also plays piano. Nice. We have Emily Aldridge, uh, Haley Johnson. Haley. She's, she's pretty rad. Yeah, she's awesome. So, yeah. We have a lot of good people playing. And then in April, we have And those are free shows, people. Yeah. Free shows. Check it out. Free shows. And, you know, you don't often get to see, like, really great vocalists stripped in a stripped down setting like Jade Lounge and it's yeah. just a really great opportunity to see people really shine you know and I, I tell artists when I book them like 
literally do whatever you want. Bring a band if you want to, but the space just yeah. makes it just <laughs> makes sense to play acoustic. And this showcase is literally for you to show off. Like play your new stuff, play your old stuff, play whatever you want, sell your merch, promote your EP that's coming out, promote your sh next show, like do whatever you want. I just want this to be your time. Right on. And I want people to hear you. That's dope. To like really hear you. Because, and that's important to me because um, starting out in New York, like you go and you play at these bars and no one really gives a shit. And that was one of the first things I noticed about the Portland music community. The, actually, the first open mic I went to in Portland when I was just visiting was at Artichoke on Hawthorne. Nice. And it's definitely like an older crowd there. But um, cool listening room though, like just very cool listening. Very room. quiet and an attentive crowd. And that's what I was going to say. Like Jade Lounge is kind of like that, and um, that's really what I love about it. Because when I played that first time at Artichoke, that was pretty much when I decided to move to Portland because I was just like, it's just me and my piano. People were listening. People were trying to harmonize with me, like, towards the end. <laughs> like, a song they just heard once. And, like, it was awesome. I was just like, is all of Portland like this? This is amazing. And, you know, it's really important for me as a songwriter for people to hear me, really hear what I'm saying and not just like, oh, she sounds nice. Like, she sounds pretty. Yeah. And, and that, so that, that's really what I'm trying to make happen at Jade too. For sure, and that's the that's the perspective you bring to it as you know as a promoter of that event. Being a singer songwriter yourself and a performer, you know how important that is. So that's what you want for your shows, and and yes. I totally that all resonates with me as well. Yeah, and we had a packed house. Oh, what was it? A couple weeks ago, uh, the February showcase. We packed the jade. It was very nice. That's rad. Yeah, it was very, very nice. I was very happy. Cool. Yeah. And where where can uh, people keep up with all the stuff that you got going on so they can know when the uh, WCW showcases are going down so and when your singles are coming out? WCW has its own Facebook page. Okay. I think it's WCW Showcase PDX. Right on. On Facebook. And then Ashley Xtina Music has its own Facebook page, but I often cross-promote the two just because it makes sense. For sure. Um, but yeah, so Facebook is where it's at. Instagram, cool. Ashley Xtina Music, Twitter, Ashley Kermabon. That's the only one I use my full name on. <laughs> but yeah, that's R that. Right on. It was rad to get to hang with you. Yes, I like, feel like we don't this know was each other at all. I so feel like this was a long time coming, honestly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No, it's, it's been a while since I saw you play that, that Corkscrew Showcase, and I was super stoked that you reached out and emailed me. And I'm not sure if Matt will remember this, but I saw you play that night. It was the same night, right, that we both played? Maybe, like, one of the open mics, possibly. I don't know. Well, I saw you play one out, and Matt was there, and it was just when I started working with him. And I remember being like, yo, Matt, who's that guy? He's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. He's like, oh, that's, that's Dan Cable. He has a podcast. Like, he's a really good person to know. And I was just like, huh, Dan Cable. I don't know about all I'll, that. I should remember that. People no. are saying way too nice things about <laughs> me around this town. No, I'm serious. I'm so it really, like, it stuck out to me. But I felt like I didn't really have anything to, like, show you at that point. So I didn't want to, like, reach out and be like, hey, so here's, like, my super old EP. <laughs> uh, I got nothing going on right now. So. No, it's rad. It's nice to, like, sit down and... 
I mean, one of the best things about this podcast experience for me starting this like last year is just like getting to sit down and kind of connect with, you know, fellow musicians in the scene and just really kind of getting to understand where other people's processes are at and like mm -hmm. what drives them. So it's, it's really serving to me and really like really fucking cool that yeah. like, I get to do this and people are like willing to, to sit down with me in like some goofy neighborhood bar like the Laurel Thirst Pub and, and just kind of hang out and this might be my shoot the shit bar. about music. <laughs> uh, yes, people, check out the Laurel Thirst Pub. Music going down here. Actually, April 14th. April, f uh, yeah, something like that. Santiam, the homies in Santiam are going to be here with Tumble Down, some other friends of mine. So, so come out to the Laurel Thirst Pub that night. Uh, check out everything Ashley's got going on. Check out her single. Check out Courtney No. Uh, check out the WCW showcase. I'll be posting things about that to keep people in the know on when, when it's going on. And usually we end each episode of this uh, lovely podcast with the guest saying, it's a program. It's and a program. Yes, you nailed it. No explanation necessary. You just tell her and she, she's got it down. Uh, we will uh, catch you on the flip side, Portland. This is uh, we're gonna play it out with Courtney knows uh, can't say no, which is what what is the name of her EP? Invisible Crown. Invisible Crown. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Here it is. I never thought I'd feel the way I feel about someone who treats me like you do. You say you don't. I can't say no, and you know it. 
Yes.